this and that with Ola and Jazz. Recording now. It's still 2020. We have not escaped it yet. I know, right? Yeah. And I am. Uh, I'm streaming. We're live on uh, live on YouTube. So for those of you listening, if you wanted to check out the video piece of it, because we get to see some cool demos and all these other things, you know, uh, go to youtube.com slash Ola Ekdal. I don't have my own. Um, like you get, you don't get your own like channel name until you have. Oh, hundred subscribers. Yeah, oh exactly. Right. <laughs> so we have, we have three right now. So uh, we'll, we'll post links. Uh, we'll put the links in the show notes in case you guys want to see the yes. uh, video YouTube. We'll do that. Um, cool. How's it going? Great, man. Um, yeah. Some cool, exciting connections I've made. That's, that's, you know, I, I said I would be looking at Figma. I looked at it a little bit, but then I realized, you know what? I'm looking at Figma, but what I, what I really need to do is reach out to the projects that inspire me. Mm-hmm. So I actually reached out to one of the co-founders of Transistor.fm. Oh, you really? <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> and, uh, and I also reached out to the co-founder of uh, this tool that I use often. It's called Focusmate. Uh-huh. Uh, it's like a co-working app where you, it's like a video conferencing. You start off in corner, you'll see your partner working and you work. And there's like mm-hmm. 15 minutes, you set goals. That's yeah, it. Yeah. It's just, and yeah, it's you told super, me about that one. Yeah. Super popular. Yeah. So both these guys uh, replied back and um, I had a Zoom call with uh, the co-founder of, uh, of um, Focusmate, Nathan, uh-huh. Nathan Suds. And we had a great conversation around UI, UX, and mm-hmm. how to go about it. Um, and um, um, you know, they they talked about they talked about how to get the UX designers in place. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, with um, with Justin, who's one of the guys from Transistor, mm-hmm. he, uh, he's apparently there. Uh, they had some issues with one of their support widgets stopped working when they got my message. So he didn't have time to have a one-on-one chat with me, but oh, he did, did point me to this thing. He's like, this is what they're using for transistor. It's okay. t- tailwind uh, UI. I've heard uh, of that. Yeah. Yeah. And then the, um, so they, they, they're mainly using tailwind CSS and mm-hmm. then, and then I think uh, UI is like a more, better packaged version of that i guess so okay yeah so that was interesting and i have a few other things i i'm happy to just pepper in but i know that i i'm really stoked about what in the world you're gonna show because yes i got some stuff dude let's see Um, some stuff so i am going to uh share my uh, my screen here let's get this going so, uh, so if you remember, um, not last time, but the time before that we met, I showed you the uh, restdb.io, which I had as an, kind of as an idea to uh, mm-hmm. uh, use to uh, uh, manage the site and, and uh, come up with a way for users to like produce content. And then we managed that in restdb.io and used their whole platform. And I have since uh, completely moved away from that. Oh, really? um, and I've, and I've, <laughs> I, I have something completely different in place. 
Um, and so the main reason why is because, so here was my thought. I wanted to find a way, uh, we talked about this uh, earlier, like something that is easy for us to use totally. um, to produce the tools that the users can then use to, to um, uh, distribute their content and make things easy, etc. So uh, from a technical perspective where RESTDB or at least I couldn't figure it out. And I told myself, if I spend this much time trying to figure this thing out and I can't do it, then I, I got to move on. Totally. And the thing was, I, I needed that uh, integration with um, some type of source code versioning, preferably GitHub uh, mm. system, right? Where, right. you know, I don't want to sit and develop in their browser UI. Right. Uh, I mean, it works for like a proof of concept, but to scale that and have lots of you, and it, it just didn't quite cut it for me. So I moved on from that and then I tried to figure out, okay, so what's, you know, something that we can use. Uh, again, the idea is for us to create a template and then when users come in, then we have an easy onboarding process and then we have a template that we can use to stamp out sites, right? So when, right. when, when Jazz comes, I just say, okay, here's your site stamp and then you have prepackaged thing that you can use, etc. So um, mm, what right. I found uh is uh, and this is again just because i'm so i guess out of web uh, uh, like frameworks to use i'm so like stuck into my <laughs> little you know dot net core angular react thing so um i tried Dude, to those things myself. are like workhorses though i know so, i know yeah. but I, I tried to sort of push myself and look you know work outside of the box anyways oh, what I what, is the, do i see ruby in there Yes, it's Ruby wow. and, and uh, a framework called called Jekyll. Yes. Oh yeah. Um, and um, so what I liked about this is uh, so Jekyll is a way to uh, create. Um, well, it's 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 designed really to work for for like blog posts, but it is something that we can use as well. So let me show you the kind of the end result, and then I'll show you how we get here. Totally. Um, so uh, yeah. I created this very very simple little thing. Um, kind of to show, uh, okay, this is what it would look like when you uh, sign up for our service. Um, so I created this little template where I wanted all of these things to be replaceable based on when you sign up, what you choose, like what is your title, uh, mm. you know, what is your email, what is your, you know, Twitter handle, like Instagram, whatever other stuff that you want to add right in this oh, that is area. So cool. Yeah. And then uh, it's completely, like I just used the outer box. Uh, I think it's a bootstrap, but I mean, mm -hmm. we can put whatever CSS framework we want on top of this. Right. Um, and then uh, the way that you plug in your content would be in form of these posts. So here is one post uh, and then I can click on that and it shows me uh, some more uh, specifics about that particular uh that individual post. And mm -hmm. what I liked about this is that these posts, they are uh, in the back end, they are markdown documents. So what we do is we generate these markdown files. For Jekyll. For Jekyll, exactly. Mm -hmm. And then it generates HTML based on that. I see, okay. So, so anytime that somebody produces content, um, and I'm still thinking about, you know, what is the, what is our pipeline to get that content into here? But however we choose to do that, 
Right. They say, okay, here is my title. Here is my, you know, event, uh, blog post, uh, something to distribute to YouTube, uh, part, whatever it is, right? We take that info and then we, behind the scenes, we generate markdown. Mm-hmm. And the nice thing, I mean, there's tons of tools that lets us generate markdown uh, based on some input. And then we just put that markdown in the uh, appropriate place and then the Jekyll framework takes care of generating the HTML for that for that particular content. And from what I've heard, the best part is it's static. So once it's generated... It is static. So, yeah. um, so I, I actually spent some time today and I built the whole thing from, uh, you know, development through a, a build pipeline, a deployment pipeline, uh, all the way into a uh, static hosting, which is uh, I'm doing all of this in Azure. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, I just uh, kind of give you a, a quick tour of what this looks like. Uh, so this is where uh, just our private uh, GitHub repo. This is where our template is. Okay, so this is where we build that. Okay, everybody who signs up, this is their starting point. This is what it's going to uh. look like. And then we just replace, you know, we have placeholders where we do, you know, specific things like their title, their info, et cetera, that we just inject before we stamp out their uh, instance of this template. Um, And um, this right here, uh, if we were to go and look here, so here is, just to show you real quick. So here is the... uh, uh, let me go ahead and look at raw here. So this right here is what the uh, the markdown would look like. Ah, okay. Right. So this is this is some information, uh, date, title, post, etc., and then just markdown to generate content. And they have these uh, ways of injecting little like code snippets uh, nice. to make things a little bit more dynamic. Right. Um, and then uh, this right here then generates, uh, that's what the Jekyll framework does. It generates uh, HTML. So that markdown language, what's, once it goes through this, uh, if I, let me go back here. Once it goes through the, the Jekyll process, <clears throat> um, it uh, uh, becomes a, an HTML file. Mm. Um, so, uh, what I, um, uh, if we go in here, I also finally got admitted into the, uh, oh. spaces <laughs> beta. So, yeah. and I, I, I work with this uh, all day today. Oh, nice. Uh, all in so the browser. Just all in the browser. I go and say, Hey, I want to, uh, make some changes. And then I just right from GitHub, I open this up in, uh, I just opened this up in uh, uh, Codespaces, and uh, that's because amazing. I have, uh, and of course now when I'm going to show it off, it's uh, failing. Let's go ahead and we'll do a uh, God. I was uh, I was actually teaching a Teams class today, and you wouldn't believe the things that fail that usually never fail oh, <laughs> during <yeah>? demo. <laughs> Good time, sir. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right. So the old refresh uh, made it work again. So it's opening up, and uh, I mean, it, mer- it worked except for the little glitch right here. But it worked amazingly well. I mean, I, I, huh. it, I mean, what about keyboard shortcuts? Everything. It's everything. Just all yeah. And so you can do your own. Um, 
So in, in VS Code, um, you can have these, they call them dot files, where you have mm -hmm. all of your like custom stuff, uh, mm -hmm. like key, like by keyboard bindings and, and like any type of uh, customizations. Right. Um, so you just, if you have one of these dot files, you just throw that into your uh, GitHub repo and then it picks that up automatically when you launch this uh, in the browser. Oh, so nice. You, you, so you can carry your like customizations, customizations with you. Huh. Um, so, uh, so this right here, uh, to show you here. So, uh, I just showed you. So here is the markdown file. Yeah. So once it goes through this, uh, Jekyll process, what happens is, uh, inside of here in this underscore site, uh, this is where it's going to then, uh, generate the, uh, uh sorry, where it's going to generate the, uh, HTML. So here's one example. So this is mm -hmm. HTML that's generated based on, uh, so for example, here you can see that link right here. Right. 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 And it says, welcome to this and that. Right. Uh, so this right here is based on, just driven based on that markdown. So what we do is we just say, okay, we generate markdown files. Yeah. And then it generates the HTML. And then uh, I've set this up. So I, I, uh, I didn't completely make this up myself. I found some some pretty good resources uh, uh -huh. online, uh, and uh, this right here. I had to modify it a little bit, but I found some resources to do a um, a build pipeline. For for the sake of our users, uh, can you give us uh, just a quick like a, so, what's a pipeline? Sure. So this right here is um, I'm using in uh, in Azure DevOps. It's a, a the pipeline here, what I mean by that is I am creating a way to get my code, my raw source code from my uh, GitHub source code repository into where it's ultimately is going to be deployed. Um, and, uh, you know, that process is, you know, collecting all the assets and compiling things and building things. And there's, you know, this and that that needs to happen. And then it needs to be pushed into uh, where it ultimately is going to be deployed. And uh, I want all of that automated so that uh, right now we're just focusing on, or I'm just focusing on building the template that everyone will get as a starting uh, right. site when they right. sign up. Right. So what I want to happen here is that when I make changes, then uh, I just want to be able to uh, sit in my development environment and then I commit that. And then there is a pipeline process that automates that whole uh, all of those tasks from getting it from where I develop and to where ultimately it's going to be deployed. So there's lots of different tools that, that I can use for that. I happen to use Azure DevOps because it works great and I'm, mm -hmm. I'm somewhat used to it. So another question I've got for you here is <clears throat> this pipeline stuff is obviously you're going to be using these pipelines as you're like, you know, as like we're doing like this whole development process, mm -hmm. but it almost sounds like you might be using this pi uh, pipeline once this product is deployed, as people sign up, it'll go through this pipeline too. So uh, that is, yes, uh, there is going to be, uh, I don't know if I, if I use, if, if I end up using this to manage that pipeline. Right. Uh, but there will be something that once people sign up, there has to be an automated process that takes their info and then says, okay, I'm going to stamp out to create an instance or a copy of this template and put in the user-specific 
right. information, right? Right. There's there's going to be a process for that. Um, and it could be like a serverless serverless function. Ex that's exactly something. what I'm. Yeah. So since I'm kind of uh, slowly but surely committing to doing all of this in, in, in Microsoft Azure. Um, the, it would be Azure Functions, right? A serverless Azure function. Functions, yeah. Yes, yeah. Absolutely. That, that's that's what I'm thinking uh, that that I will be doing. Um, so what I'm showing right now on the screen are just uh, this is what this pipeline is doing. Mm -hmm. So uh, it is uh, it is fetching source code and then it's setting up a uh, a build agent. It installs whatever needs to be. So this all, the, the Jekyll framework, uh, it's using Ruby. So install some Ruby dependencies, mm -hmm. which I've <laughs> never done a thing in Ruby before. So I kind of learned all these things today. Um, if, if there's someone who's a master of learning on the spot, I would say that's you. <laughs> well, you know, it's, it's, it's a lot of, uh, you know, it's, it's very much same like most other languages. I mean, it's not that right. much different. Uh, you know, there's going to be a there's going to be a package management tool. There's going to be a way of dealing with dependencies, etc. So the Ruby um, stuff is you don't really oh. do anything in Ruby. Like that's just what's used behind the scenes. Oh, the package manager is the Ruby-based package yeah, manager and, called Gems. Gem, exactly right. Okay, and then uh, but you're not writing Ruby code. No, because that okay. Jekyll it, itself is uh -huh. implemented in Ruby. I see. That's what, okay. That's what takes the Markdown and generates the HTML. But we don't I have see. to write Ruby. We just focus on the Markdown. That, that's the other thing. We want to keep it simple. Right. Not not having to write a ton of custom code. So for us, it would be Markdown and CSS. Right. That's that's what we would do. Dude, I have this wild idea. Tell, tell me what you think. <clears throat> so it's it's almost like we could have a simple API, which is basically that function, the Azure function, uh -huh. that takes in everything that you need to stamp out a website. Mm. And then exactly. And then yeah. we run a competition, a this and that competition for UI UX geeks to create the nicest app on uh, Android or iOS. I and 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 then you know whatever it is and then once you press send boom on the other side there's a site that gets created all right yeah i mean uh, just a wild I like idea it. i like it but that is something that could be possible with this right yes like it seems absolutely like. absolutely um, yeah. so so this right here this just builds okay mm -hmm. it, it goes through and it generates the html and then i have uh, another another pipeline mm. that so there's two pipelines, one that builds, and then there is another one that releases, that takes what was built and then puts that into where it ultimately is going to be deployed. So I've, I've separated that out into two different pipelines. Uh -huh. uh, so this right here is the release pipeline. So it's kind of, it's more the same. It, it's individual steps. It says, okay, I'm going to take what you built, and then I'm going to push it out somewhere. And what I am pushing this out to, and by the way, while I'm showing you the rest here, I'm going to do something here. I have no idea if this is going to work, but we'll give it a try. So uh, what I thought here is let's copy that one post. We'll paste that in here. And uh, let's go ahead and we'll, uh, we'll go ahead and rename this. So let's go ahead and uh, We'll call this live 
demo.markdown. So what I'm doing here is I'm adding, uh, I made a copy of a markdown file and uh, I am uh, trying here live as we speak, see if we can generate another post. So we're just gonna add a title there. We say this is a live demo mm. and then we'll, uh, we'll go ahead and we'll take out all of this gook here. And for those who are seeing this, uh, Ola, what you're doing here, this writing the markdown, this is where yes. the UI or the UX would generate the markdown for the end users. Yes. So that's what we're simulating by just Ex literally exactly. creating I'm, I'm the markdown. I'm doing it manually, yes. So this exactly. is something that would be generated. Right. So I'm going to go ahead and I'll just save that. And let's go ahead and uh, say add a demo post. So what I'm doing is that I'm now checking this in. I'm committing this to uh, the source code repo. And what should happen here is this should now automatically trigger those two pipelines, the one that builds and then the other one that, uh, that deploys. Mm. So if we go in here and take a quick look to see if it kicks off and then we can go and look at another thing about that build. So I can tell that it's it's building here my uh if we go in here oh yeah at the very top the uh yeah so here here is so this is uh the pipeline it's now running so it's running through all these steps uh, that is so cool that is in the pipeline and then once that's successfully built then it will trigger the release pipeline and who knows if it's going to work we'll, we'll see in a bit and so what's um, happening is like instead of writing a whole application that that you'd have to this would be a lot of coding now, like through the automation, a big chunk of the the work that needs to happen can just be done using pipelines. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, that is neat. Um, so uh, let's see if I can get rid of this annoying, I don't know why it's having issues. My green screen is oh, yeah. flickering. You need, a, right. you need one of those Costco floodlights I know. right behind you looking yeah. at the Green screen, cool. I need, I need something there. All right. So anyway, so in the so this all gets deployed into the cloud, and I'm using Microsoft Azure just because that's the cloud platform that I know best. Um, and uh, so what you mentioned earlier, Jazz, was the the fact that it's all just Markdown and 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 HTML and CSS and JavaScript means that we can deploy it as a static asset. Right. So. Um, in Microsoft Azure, I've created a, what they call a storage account that can be used to store anything, not specific to websites at all. It, it, yeah, you can put whatever you want in here, but they do, they do have a feature here to create a, uh, uh, a static website. Mm. Um, so <clears throat> I've enabled this, and you can then uh, associate this with custom domains, uh, URLs, I haven't done uh -huh. that yet. So I, it just generates an endpoint that I can use. Right. Another thing too is that you uh, that made me choose this is you can incorporate this with um, Microsoft's content delivery network. So if we're building uh -huh. something that's going to have a lot of media assets, right. then we want to be able to push that as close to the user, uh, the, the end user as possible, wherever people sit in their browsers and look at this. And uh, we can do that with, 
with the content delivery network, right? So we can build here and use the CDN to push things out to make it snappy and speedy. Right, right. That is pretty cool. I didn't know that uh, uh, the the <clears throat> the static site deployer that I've mainly used is Netlify that we used uh-huh. uh, for, yes. for so many times. In fact, yes. uh, um, as soon as you mentioned Jekyll, I went to static site gen website. It's Jamstacks. Yeah. And Jekyll's up there, of course, along with like all these other guys like yeah. Hugo and Hexo and Gatsby. Yeah. Yeah. And of course, they all have this button that says deploy to Netlify. Yeah. And uh, But it's a... Uh, one-off thing like you could do it for your one website but it seems like here you could automate it for all users yeah so yeah that's the thing this has it's not just a site i mean this needs to scale and have to be you know unlimited number of 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 users and sites so at that point the application will programmatically maybe it's the azure function will programmatically get this going once the pipeline's there or whatever exactly so every every uh, user of our service will get their own storage account. Mm. Mm-hmm. And then uh, we have a, a domain, whatever that is, right? Right. Uh, you know, the domain. And then uh, as part of their package, they could get a, you know, subdomain.ourdomain.com. Right. And then they could be, if they want to pay extra, they can attach it to their own uh, domain if they want to do that. Ah, uh, okay. So the thing is that, I mean, another yeah. cool thing about, and, and this is true for any cloud provider, is that all of this right here is completely scriptable. Right? You can automate anything, like any any configuration here you can, you can automate. Uh, so once you figure out what you want it to look like, then it's just a matter of, okay, how do we automate this away? And we make it available so that when users say, hey, I want to sign up, then all of this just happens in the background. Mm-hmm. I see. This this is amazing. This is uh, what, what's cool is that uh, what what I've seen so far is it's not it's not your classic how to, how to build a application deal. This is just yes. literally utilizing all these services because it they do so much of the work for you. Exactly. Right? Yeah. Not reinventing the wheel. Yes. Exactly. So uh, so ultimately here um, once those pipelines have run, mm. then they push out into this storage. Uh, so when you set up this static site, it creates a special folder uh, called dollar web. Uh, mm-hmm. So it pushes the contents uh, into here. And uh, once it is uh, in there, let's go ahead and uh, let me grab the, uh, the endpoint. So once it is in there, then it is going to, if that thing wants to go away, all right, let's try this again. It's going to look like this, right? So here, there is the endpoint. Right. Um, and uh, you see there, this is live. That, right. was the, that was the post that I just put in, right? Right. Yeah. So if I click on that, there it is. God, this is amazing. Yeah, totally. I so, mean, so as yeah. I was talking, it went through the whole thing. And we can just, the uh, last thing here, if I go into uh, oh. my, uh, if I go back into my uh, storage account, and if we take a look-see at that special container, dollar web, 
then we should see. Yeah, you can see the timestamps here. They get updated. Nice, nice. Yeah. And then you can hook this up with the CDN to s- exactly. scale yeah. and act, make it available all over the world. Yeah. All of that. Yeah. Yeah. So and uh, yeah, that's the next. That's the next thing that I'm that I'm, I'm looking at. Um, so the CDM part, that's not terribly difficult to do. Uh, and, and I know that can be done and I know how to do it already. So what I'm going to look at next here is just to kind of figure out, okay, how do we do the onboarding process? Okay. When you sign up, um, how do we, um, automate a way to make it easy to, to get to a point where they can log into their site, right. And start to post content. So yeah. I like I like that idea of like initiate the creation with an email. Like um, um, we talked a bit about that, like on the very mm-hmm. first I think mm-hmm. uh, time we met, and, and I kind of stuck with me. I say it'd be awesome if we could just say, "Hey, you send an email, and based on the information that email will will set up the site for you." Um, so that's the next thing that I'm looking at. I started mm-hmm. to uh, I set up a uh, a uh, an account here using uh, uh, SendGrid. Oh, nice! Which is now uh, Twilio just bought them, or just but a, a while ago they so it's part of Twilio, and um, you can set up a um, it's like a webhook. So when you get an email, it triggers a, a webhook, and then you can just write a little bit of code where you can parse out the information in that email. And then you can send that information off to an Azure function that then generates stamps out an instance of of the right. user site with, yeah. with their info. Oh man, this would be cool. Um, so I was thinking that um, I, I'm gonna so so later this week finally get get time from all the classes and all the stuff and mm-hmm. starting to I've created a list of potential test users. Mm-hmm. In, and not just test users to test, but also interview to see like what they really want. Sure. Because all, all we know that they want is based on our assumptions right now in some ways. Yes. So, uh, um, so just walking them through like, hey, would you prefer, uh, do you prefer to do blog posts here or not? Or, sure. you know, how do you, like, what do you think of like not having to deal with complicated sites, but here's, you just do emails. Yeah. You know? stuff like that and i think we might get some very interesting feedback and yep. yeah this is pretty novel i i like this it's pretty cool so that's uh that's what i have to show you i have a i have one more uh question sure. that came up um so right now of course uh you know so at some point i could totally see you know if it's done you know you're currently you're doing the github push or commit and push and then that triggers the pipeline yeah down the road it's going to be some random front end app that triggers mm-hmm. that um how does membership fit in like user membership you you mean in terms of how do i keep track of like yeah. when they sign in when they log in when they're logged in and like what they have and they want to change things and all that um so that has to be managed in um some we need some repository i mean there's options we could do it in just in a database Uh Uh, i mean that would probably be uh pretty simple 
the question is just what do we use for a database? Do we use uh, like some NoSQL solution? Got it. One thing, one thing that we can do is uh, just store all of the user-specific info mm -hmm. uh, as or user preferences uh, as just JSON, right? So each each user gets a JSON document. And mm. then inside of there, it's okay. This is the stuff about the user address, info, you know, what, you know, particular products or services that they have. So that so there's really two things. One is just to store user preferences. Then the other thing is to deal with authentication. And, mm. uh, you know, obviously authentication is important. We want to keep make that, keep that secure. So um, we might do it in... Uh, since we're in Azure, right, we might do it in uh, um, Azure Active Directory. So uh, I'm pretty sure you know more about this than I do. But the biggest fear I have with Active Directory is that every time I've had a Microsoft account or anything mm -hmm. related to that, there's yeah. always some sort of confusion between this account and that account. So, okay, so that that is... So when I say Active Directory, I'm not talking about just, you know, I'm not talking about this uh, Active Directory here. Uh-huh. Okay. So there's different types of Azure Active Directory. So this is one Active Directory. Uh, so inside of here, that is for, this is like traditional, you know, corporate that have users tied to a particular domain. Right. Uh, in our case, we're just going to have a bunch of users. They're going right. to have, you know, you know, Yahoo and Google and out like email address and then some username. Right. So what we are going to or what I'm going to investigate a little bit is working with um, uh, Active Directory. They have a business to B2C solution, uh -huh. which is essentially like it's a uh, uh, it's a way of onboarding just customers with any whatever email address they have, but the credentials and everything is managed and secured behind the scenes by Active Directory. I see. It's kind of like uh, what I have this right now in my background is Okta. That's, they, yes. These guys have, I think I've seen these login screens for Adobe and uh, I think they use Okta for that. O Okta is something that we can use. So the right. reason why I want to look at this is because if we have everything in um, Azure already, then mm -hmm. this is easy to tie in. And the Got other it. thing too, and Okta might provide this as well, but the other thing too that this provides is they let us, it's not just, hey, this is where you can manage usernames and passwords. They also let us manage like the onboarding process. Like you can have a workflow. Where you mm. say, okay, here's step one. Like, how you how do you collect information? Like, mm -hmm. the, like whatever information that we need from the users, the screens that we need to collect that, uh, you can build a workflow. What they provide the screens, and then they manage everything. And this is also, uh, and I might be wrong, but I this is also cheaper than Okta. I think Okta can uh -huh. be kind of expensive. Got it. If you scale it. Uh huh. Um, so. I'm going to try this. Yeah, totally, dude. This um, is, yeah. And again, if it doesn't work, then we'll, we'll look at we'll something, something. Yeah, it's, it's amazing. Like 10 years ago, I think what we're doing right now and how you're architecting this would be very different. Like before Azure or yes, the cloud services, would, you'd have to build everything. 
it would be yeah everything had to be built and hosted i mean we had frameworks right i mean that we could use but the the challenge was there was no not challenge but the difference was there was no uh sort of just turnkey solutions right. that just existed right if you wanted to even if you went with a so you went out to some vendor and you got some turnkey solution then the question is okay what do you host this right you needed servers you needed physical mm -hmm. hardware exactly now yeah. you just go up into the cloud and you find a solution that works and it's um you know it's so easy to try out and throw away like if this doesn't work i don't have to spend a week setting it up and configure it and test it right right it takes me you know 10 minutes to set it up and then I can test it out for a bit. If it doesn't work, I just throw it away, right? And then I try something else. Yeah, this is the best part. It's and and just like a note to all the the listeners and the viewers is if you're starting your own thing and you want to prototype, um, I would say that what what Ola is doing from my vantage point is one step more involved than all the no code stuff that is happening these days, like bubble.io and Webflow and all those, you know, kind of like power automate and Zapier with forms and everything yeah. else. This is a little more involved, but it gives us so much more like uh, uh, flexibility and scalability than if you were just no code. Yeah. yeah. I think this is a good sort of happy medium between right complete custom and mm -hmm. no code uh, happy medium where i mean i've i spent some time today setting this up but i haven't really written an, unless you count yaml but i haven't really written a line of code to get all of this set up right it's, it's just a little bit of taking these things plug them together you know right figure out how it all fits in now in your inventory of things that like in terms of like experiences that someone might need. And this is just kind of like for the benefit of anyone listening too. is so just, just to kind of summarize, like we're, we're exploring building something useful for the world mm -hmm. and we got a prototype and we got to create a proof of concept. And now you have all of these amazing, uh, uh, ways of doing it, right? Like we're doing this in Azure where you have a lot of the wheel invented already uh, mm -hmm. and you just pick the right frameworks and you host it on Azure and, you know, it's, you're doing platform as a service offerings, right? Past stuff, uh, yep. a lot of that. So for someone who might be interested in one day, like, hey, I want to build my own startup and I want to build my own app. Um, the The ability to, I think like in here, what I'm seeing is your ability to not be afraid and just get your hands dirty with, uh, something like Azure and uh, applying that, you know, you're not, you're not like one of those developers. They're like, I'm going to code everything from zero mm -hmm. and I'm going to build a, you know, so that is pretty fascinating to me. Yeah. That's the thing, right? It's so much easier to just try. And again, you just throw it away, right? If it doesn't work, you just throw it away. And, you know, you don't have to be afraid of like, I can't touch this server because if I do something wrong, then it's going to impact somebody else. You just go in and do whatever, right? And break things. And that's how you learn, right? And try start over again. I mean, that I do this all the time. I go in and I try out things. And if it works, great. If it doesn't work, I say, let's throw it away and we'll just recreate and we'll, we'll try it again. 
And for and for this particular uh, thing we're doing, um, like some of the technologies, obviously you ha also have experience, a ton of experience, but some of the technologies that someone might need to actually have some fluency with would be just Azure in general. Is that correct? And then I would say cloud. Um, cloud. So if I if I were to tell if somebody asked me, hey, I want to you know try build an app or start a company or whatever in terms of technologies. Uh, you know, what do I need to know? I would say, well, I would, and like anybody who starts an organization today, I would start off in the cloud, right? Really, no matter what the size of the org is. It's a no-brainer. Uh, yeah, and it doesn't really matter which cloud you pick. They're all great, right? If you do Amazon or if you do, you know, Microsoft or if you do Google Cloud, they're all great solutions. They have great services. They're going to allow you to to build and, and uh, produce great, great software so just learn uh learn a cloud and the nice thing is that all the clouds they, they kind of sort of work the same way so if you learn one cloud it's it's relatively easy to figure out how a different cloud works right uh, you know mainly it's just different like how they name things but conceptually and and the technology behind the scenes it's relatively similar so you le just learn how the cloud works and then uh learn uh you know some common tooling learn a bit about git and learn a bit about, um, you know, how to build, uh, how to do automation, right? Because that's the other thing. If you want things to scale, you have to, you have to automate. Uh, so if you get into that mindset from the beginning, before you get too far down uh, the line in terms of building something, okay, right from the get, that's how I did this, right? Right from the get, because I'm going exactly. yeah. to automate, I'm going to automate. I mean, I, I could have done this very easily, inside of VS Code and then just copy that manually into that directory and storage and then there would be my website, right? But I took the effort, I spent some extra time, tried to automate things and now I have that beginning of that automation process in, in place, right? Yeah, I think it's that mindset that is like pretty awesome and that's possible now that 10, 10 15 years ago wouldn't be possible. And so like, I just appreciate that. Oh yeah. Yeah. We could build this so many ways, but how mm -hmm. about building it with scalability in mind and also like just kind of yeah. be able to easily iterate and yeah. Yeah. So automation is key here. And yeah. you know, that's just stuff that having done this for a while, I've just learned kind of the hard way where I build stuff and it's been sort of automation hasn't been on, you know, something that I really thought about. And then, at the end, it just adds so much extra work and it just adds so much more, just introduces issues and bugs and just manual stuff that you end up having to do over and over again. And so totally, yeah, yeah automation yeah. is super important. Yeah, yeah. This is epic. I mean, this is pretty neat. I'm like, wow, I, you know, like, just seeing what I've seen so far, I can see the light at the end of the tunnel. Okay, I'm like, this is how the workflow will be one day. Yeah. Even if it's not these exact technologies, but now we sure. can see the workflow. Yeah. That is pretty neat. Yeah, it's, yeah, I, I think so too. Yeah. I think so too. And so one of the questions I have here is how to bring in some UI UX talent because I've been like fishing around, just looking at people like, uh, I've got a bunch of friends who are like in that space and uh -huh. someone might be willing to, to help out. So I think sure. some, somehow they might be able to plug in, uh, 
um, into the the workflow itself, right? Like, I, I mean, so we since this right here, mm -hmm. it's all this site that we have now. It's all CSS driven. Uh huh. It's HTML and CSS. So what we if we just can get someone who can just not they don't have to really think about the, how this is going to be implemented, but just have the ability to build the, the UI, right? Say, this is what the, this is what the screens would look like. So here is, uh, you know, the onboarding process. Here is when they first log in. This is what they, uh, you know, the screen that they use to post content. This is what the end, like all the different screens. Mm -hmm. And because this tool, the Jekyll tool, it just generates HTML and CSS. Then we just figure out, okay, how do we take that UI and like how do end. we how do we make the CSS turn the HTML into what that UI should look like? Mm -hmm. So another wild idea I had around this was uh, I might be, well, no promises, but I might be able to get someone who's really good at creating like beautiful UIs. All right. Uh, and I was thinking like more of like, maybe we could invite them to our, this and that channel and have like a sure. little, uh, you know, like powwow yeah. with them. Absolutely. Yeah. We'll, that'd we'll be get, fun. Yeah. We'll get more people involved. Yeah. That'd be For a sure. little, little party. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If we can, uh, if you find someone, if you can invite someone and then if they can, I mean, the idea, I like the idea here of them not necessarily preparing a whole lot just so that we can kind of see the the how they think the idea behind exactly yeah. like okay I'm, we're telling them this is this is what we're building um this is what we have and then if you were to come in and try to 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 uh, create a, a um, the ui like how would you do that maybe they can do a screen share to have some how to sketch or right just talk a bit how they think etc and um another thing is so, so that's interesting. Just bringing them an impromptu session around that would be amazing. Yeah. And do you think it might be useful to like, well, it's like, hey, this is what we're trying to build. And they might already have something prepared they can guide us through. And then that's going to open a host of questions and discussions sure. for us that could be interesting yeah. as well. Yeah. yeah. It could be interesting to tell them if you told them, okay, this is what we try to build. Right. And then just have them spend a little bit of time uh, like coming up with some UI ideas. Yeah. And then present that and then we show them what we have built and we kind of see um, if, <laughs> if we, if it's like what they built, if we can just like, kind of take that and plop it into what we built, or if it's like completely, completely like, different, the, the yeah. thought processes are completely off. It'd be interesting to see how that, how that will work. So last year, um, I actually took this whole workshop with a friend of mine around human-centered design. And mm -hmm. this was from uh, the people at IDEO that Apple used to use to build their experiences a long time ago while Steve yes. Jobs was still alive. So there's that whole school of like how to do that. So it would be so perhaps down the right. So no yes. promises, but um, I'm going to ping you outside of this podcast about it so we can prep for it for whenever yeah. it's, you know possible absolutely absolutely dude this is cool cool um all right wow i i feel like uh every time we do this we get a little closer we get a little bit closer every time i like it yeah yes. um i've got a few coaches now 
like about right. 10 people lined up. Well, All right. this, there's a list. Uh, we'll figure out on my side is how do I we reach out to them? I think yeah. personally on my side, I want to wait till we have the UI injection and we have yes. like a sense yeah. of like, this is what it's looking like. Yeah, we need yeah we need a bit something that's a bit more. I think it might done. be a yeah a couple more a few more episodes. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yes, yes. Yeah. Cool. All right, my man. All right, this, my dude. This was amazing. Always thank good. you once again. Thank you. Oh yeah, always good to see it too. Yes. Yeah. And uh, we'll meet again uh, next Wednesday. Let's do it same time next same Wednesday. Time, Is this one channel. live? Is this one live on YouTube? Yeah, streaming right now. Ah, hey, people. Hope you're enjoying the warm uh, California today. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's eight people right now. Is there eight people? No. I no. just say, hey, people. Like, oh, hello. hey. Yeah. I thought you said eight people. I get excited. I was God. like, who, who are these eight people? Yeah. <laughs> like my mom and seven bucks. You know. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, cool. Ola, this was All real. Right. Thank you so much. It was and real. And we'll do it again very, very soon. Later. Later. Bye. Bye.